0: Hello and welcome to the ANA Marketing Futures Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Berberich, Senior Director of Marketing Futures. There's a reason we ask every guest of the podcast their thoughts on diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's because our industry has a long way to go before the makeup of marketing teams, particularly leadership, reflects the diverse audience they seek to engage. Our guest today has taken matters into her own hands. Instead of waiting for a seat at the table, Sel Evans, founder of Masterly Business Solutions, built her own table with the mission of helping folks in similar situations succeed. Sel discussed some of the most common mistakes companies make in their early life stages and shared how she helped one business transform through the power of personalization. Okay, we are back in the Marketing Futures Podcast virtual studio, and I am so excited to have our guest today, Sal Evans, the founder and CEO of Masterly Business Solutions. Thank you so much for hanging out with me this afternoon.
1: I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much, Michael, for allowing me to come on here and geek out with you today.
0: It's my pleasure, and geeking out is what I do best, so (laughs) I'm just ready for this. Um, Yes. So before we begin, before we dive uh, into the uh, deep end of the geek pool, um, (laughs) let's set a baseline for all of our listeners. Uh, Could you tell them a little bit about yourself and how your journey led you to found Masterly Business Solutions?
1: Okay. Uh, So I had one of those like long, weird, squiggly road type journeys, right? Because I started my career in actually accounting. Uh, and actually, there are a lot of crazy and antiquated type processes in accounting. Uh, I know I would always find like way more efficient ways and workarounds and automations. And I would always focus on putting good processes in place no matter where I was, because I always had this idea of that, that old saying, my dad used to say all the time, of, of work smarter, not harder, Right. Absolutely. Uh, So at some point, I actually climbed the corporate ladder and I was appointed uh, president of a company. Uh, And then within one year, I got them to Inc. 5000 because I focused so much on the processes and so much on the automations and so much on we don't need this and we don't need that. And (laughs) uh, just. Yes. Yeah, just really turning things around uh, for them. And at that time I realized how much I really, really, really love automation. I love strategic processes. And I, I decided that that's what I really wanted to do all the time. So I branched out on my own and I started Masterly Business Solutions. And the funny part is it's like, I knew I wanted to start a company. I knew I wanted to do something I loved all day, but I wasn't 100% sure what that was yet. Right. Cause I knew it wasn't accounting, right. um, But so at first I started off doing a bunch of business consulting uh, and I, I quickly learned that automation and the strategic process piece was what I just loved and, and got passionate. I could talk about it all day long, right? And then it was, you know, what's the, what's the most important part of your business where automation can actually help you the most? And quickly upon doing a lot of research, I realized marketing and sales.
0: Oh yeah. Right?
1: Yeah, marketing and sales is really where the automation will really help you grow your business. So I decided, what is, what's the most efficient way to market? And that's when I realized that using personalization and advanced segmentation and um, just incorporating personalized elements into your messaging was the best way to deliver this and the fastest way to convert and do all of these other things. So it's like, like I said, work smarter, not harder. Right. So it was always about how can I get to this? uh, How can I do this faster? So I realized that uh, the personalized element really does help you convert faster, gets you way higher engagement rates and things like that. People just like your brand much better when they want to open your emails, when they want to open your messages because they don't know what's inside. It's so fun, right? Uh, so that's how Mashley Business Solutions came about. And that's what we specialize in and that's what we love to do.
0: That's phenomenal. And so as as any good uh, podcast host, I do my my LinkedIn stocking due diligence.
1: Oh, geez. <laughs>
0: You know, you gotta, Hey, listen, I gotta be, I, I, you know, the first rule of interviewing is never ask a question. You don't already know the answer to. <laughs> um, so I, so, you know, from gathering from kind of the stories you've told online and in different various places that in addition to this, just knowing your passion and being unapologetically, just going straight forward to doing the stuff that you love masterly business solutions was created because opportunity-wise, there's not exactly a level playing field out in the industry. Correct. Uh, You know, we hear all the time about like, oh, you gotta get a seat at the table. You gotta get a seat at the table. And the idea that there's just one table is, I think, an antiquated idea. And we've spoken uh, earlier and, and, there's this idea of building your own table and to me that's just so refreshing i think it's an absolutely 2021 idea concept um can you speak to the importance of marginalized groups coming together making their own opportunities
1: yes absolutely thank you for asking me that right (laughs) oh my
0: goodness yeah well i mean yeah just yeah. In an it going ink 5000 in but you're like swimming upstream at the same time. So right. yeah, I think it's just it's beyond impressive.
1: So I, I honestly believe there's enough work to go around, right, you know, because sometimes you hear that the idea of, of a market is saturated, but no, there's, there's more than enough work to go around. And I think if you work hard enough, eventually, you'll earn your seat at the table right? But if you look around, like I look, I got all the way to Inc. 5000. I was at the award ceremony. I look around and I had this sense of happiness. And I, I, I had literally gotten a seat at that table, right? Like I was, I was astounded as to where I had gotten in life, right? And I, I'm looking around and no one looks like me, right? And, yeah. I, and it really made me think about all these metaphorical tables that i sat at leading up to this moment, and how I often felt really unwelcomed. And honestly, sometimes downright disrespected, right? (laughs)
0: Right. Because
1: some things that you hear that, that, that are said. So at the end of the day, no matter how hard you work, someone's always gonna believe that you don't deserve to be there. Okay, so minority women are actually starting companies at a faster rate than any other demographic in the US, right? So that means there's ample opportunity to build a community where we do belong right? There's a place where we can empower and uplift one another. And then I can send you business and you can send me business. And ultimately we can save each other a seat at a table that we build as a community. So that is, that is my idea of like, it's my dream, right? I don't want to just get to the top or, or, or get to that table again, or anything like that. I want to do it together. I want to form just communities, not just a sisterhood, because I feel like all different communities you know the entire minority community needs this really so uh, I, I'm not trying to say that anybody is not welcome at that table if, if there's a supporter or somebody who wants to help us in building the table then then you're you're welcome too but the idea of it is those tables we're not welcome at fine like take me <laughs> you can have it I'm gonna be over here at the table I've built together with my community so that is that is my idea that is my dream and that's what I work so hard for. <laughs>
0: And I love it. And I think that that is just the future capital T capital F that, you know what I mean? Like communities realizing that they don't need to wait their turn that as a community, you can create your turn. Uh, and that's just so awesome to see you, you know, doing this in your day to day. Uh, and that idea of like, don't pull the ladder up, like let's get the ladder down as big a ladder as possible. So you mentioned that, um, women of color are the Quickest growing group of entrepreneurs in the U.S. Uh, I think by far, I think it's like a pretty, pretty staggering number. Yes. Um, but the reality right now is that uh, only a small percentage ever reach six figures in terms of revenue. Now, what are the most common mistakes you see made in the early life stages of a business?
1: So that's a really, really good question. And I think the t- I, there's two uh, that I think are, are really there. There's a trend of this, right? So the two I see is that we don't charge enough for our services. uh, And then honestly, we try to be too many things for everyone. Okay, so I I literally, I'm going to start with the second one, because I literally have a battle with a lot of clients to get them to niche down. Okay, because I think especially women, we've grown so accustomed to trying to be everything to everyone, (laughs) everything to everyone. And then the issue is that you leave your message so general in fear of just alienating a possible prospect. And then your message message actually doesn't resonate with anyone. Right. So. I know for one of my commerce clients trying to like, she was trying to sell shoes and, and makeup and CBD and all this other stuff in the same store. And it's like, oftentimes you have to help them to understand that you need to just take one thing and get really, really, really good at it. Or Absolutely. you develop one product and make it really, really, really good. And you develop it so that you can comfortably charge more. Right, And then you fix the actual issue here because you're trying to be too many things to too many people. Perfect one thing, charge more for it, then move on to the next thing and perfect it, charge more for it. Then move on to the next thing and perfect it, charge more for it. For me, that was automation, Mm -hmm. right? So I learned automation at its core to the point where I I can get very... Technical with you, (laughs) very technical with you about it, and and once I learned that, I all I I I studied marketing right so that I could apply these concepts to marketing concepts, and then I studied personalization because I already had the technical background uh, with the automation. So understanding one piece, developing that out, and then charging more for it, and then continuing to grow—that is really the roadmap to success right? Instead of us trying so hard to be like, okay, um, <laughs> my dad used to also say, you know, like, a um, what is it? A jack of all trades, a master of none. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's actually more to that saying that nobody ever tells yeah. you.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I wasn't going to say it because I didn't want to like step on your toes, yeah. but you go for it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so there's more to that saying. I'm going to let you say it because I actually, my husband actually told me the other day and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> It's like, it's a a jack jack of all trades, master of none, but a jack of all trades is better than none?
0: Okay, here we go. Okay. (laughs) A jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one.
1: Wow. Okay. See, they never tell you that last never, part. Never, never. It was so messed up. I know we're, we're totally
0: knocked off, off topic. I don't care. This is my podcast. <laughs> we can talk about this for the next hour if we want
1: My, my jaw literally <laughs> hit the floor because I'm like, I've always felt like a jack of all trades and a master of none until I really started to focus in on so many things. But the point is that you really do have to learn things to the point that you feel comfortable charging more for them. Okay. And then you're going to fix two things, right? You're going to, you're going to actually only be able to, you're going to understand too, like how to leverage one thing in another, right? So you're going to learn how to leverage your um, automation skills in, in your marketing or learn how to, how to leverage your marketing in your personalization. So you'll learn how to leverage what you learned in the previous stage of development in the next stage of development. So it's really an important journey to not skip. Okay, (laughs) please don't skip the journey. so important. And if you're talking about products, developing out the marketing message for that one product will help you understand that segment of your audience and help you understand how to sell them the next product and the next product, right? So still important to take the journey, whether it's services or it's its products, to be honest.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And gosh, that, that ties in so many things. I think, you know, you you spoke about it earlier that there's this this fear, the scarcity mindset. And right. I think that that's why people want to cover all their bases and make the safe plays. And like, but no, it's and and it's also knowing what you're good at and tripling down on that. Right. I Love how you just laid it out is that you get to the end of one journey, everything you have picked up along the way, you are starting with in your right. next journey.
1: Right. And you didn't waste time, you didn't waste time, you didn't you didn't do any of those things. You did something that's good for the long run of your company.
0: Exactly. Because
1: now you're you're literally a master of this. Right? Yes. So <laughs> you're a master of this and now you will feel very comfortable saying no. The price is the price. Right. The price is the price because I have quality tested this. I've done this. I've done that. I've done the homework. I've done the work and I'm worth it. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And you know what? Honestly, it imbues one of the most important things you need to know about marketing, which is if you aren't thinking about the business at the same time as the marketing, you're not marketing. You're doing arts and crafts. Right. (laughs) Right. And so like the idea of a high price point, putting you in control, giving you implied brand affinity and and like a a platform, uh, that's all just ties into like very basic business acumen.
1: Right. And I honestly, I don't believe in charging more just because you want to charge more. I believe in charging more because you know, the value of your service. So yeah.
0: You've got to, to ensure earn it. That yeah. it's there. Oh my!
1: So in the way to ensure that it's there to do the homework, right. <laughs> to do the yeah. work, to get it there.
0: Absolutely. Um, so I want to bring it back to uh, personalization, because I know that that is one of your uh, passions. And something you said earlier just hit me and it never even occurred to me that personalization is an efficiency play along with everything else. And it you absolutely know, is. I think that a, a lot of CMOs at a lot of big companies might hear that and be like, what are you kidding me? I have to make a thousand ads now. I have to make a thousand <laughs> this. And I thought, how is that going to be efficient? Well, they're stopping the cost at, the construction of the ad, not how much work you have to do for that ad to do anything if it's not personalized. Um, Correct. Yeah. So how can brands deliver a personalized experience to target audience, especially now where, you know, your properties, your assets, your retail locations, your experiential things, they're all gone for the moment. So how are you helping brands uh, drive personalization during this pandemic?
1: Okay. So the first step is always going to be to monitor how your prospects are engaging with your products, your content, your website. You have to monitor the behavior. Because the first thing you have to understand are the different segments and touch points of your audience. Okay, once you understand the different segments that you're that you're driving to your website, your content, these and you understand the touch points and you understand how you can reach them, then you're going to design the messaging around the segments and then you're gonna create the personalized images or videos or whatever it is. Uh, And then you're gonna incorporate automation to carry it all out in scale. It's a beautiful thing once it's all up and going. (laughs) It's a beautiful thing. It is a journey. You can start like with a few segments and then just continue to advance the segmentation, continue to advance the touch points and things like that. So for instance, right? Uh, If you're talking about personalization in an e-commerce store, then you would want to see say, okay, this person is always looking at the tan colored shoes uh, or the shoes that are under three inch heels or something like that. Then you're always going to want to send them advertisements and emails and pop-ups in relation to what they're telling you already they're interested in. So stop sending them the pink heels. They don't want the pink heels. <laughs> they have never looked at the pink heels. They don't want the pink heels. They want the tan colored heels, right? So you're just paying attention to what they've already told you that they, that they want. And then you're gonna make, you're gonna take it a step further right and you're going to make it to where when they spend um xyz amount of time on this particular page you're going to send them a a pop-up that has their name on it and it's going to say hey michael we noticed that you really like these no offense heels (laughs) yeah
0: no 10 heels under three inches you actually got i was wondering how you knew how (laughs) (laughs)
1: like once i started going with this example i was like well
0: go for uh, it (laughs) i'm short i can use a little height
1: yeah there you go uh but basically, you know, you can always send that. And then you can always send an email as well saying, hey, these are on sale 20% off for the next, you know, 72 hours. Here's your coupon code, whatever. And that is going to be so much more efficient than not um, not tracking the, the, the behavior and not triggering those automations. And I mean, think about the conversion rate with that versus just sending out, hey, this random shoe is on sale. You interested?
0: <laughs> yeah, this is the shoe we'd like you to buy. Would you like the shoe we'd like you to buy? It's like,
1: no. no? Okay. Not at all. <laughs> so that's what I mean by personalized marketing. And like I said, it's always a journey, obviously, because you have to understand the different segments and, and the different things that the, the different ways that you can reach them, um, you know, before they bounce from the page, that kind of stuff. So it's a journey, but the, the longer you're with, uh, the longer you stick to the personalized marketing, the more advanced it'll be and the, and the more the more conversions we'll see.
0: So for companies who are just starting out uh, or even just mid-sized companies, we get a lot of, um, at the ANA, we have a lot, you know, we have presentations from brands across the board, but when somebody like a Coca-Cola comes in and they, they're like, this is how we converted our website to a global content marketing hub, you know, somebody who has, you know, one, one millionth of their budget is like good for you, but how do I do that? (laughs) So how do, um, how do, you know, burgeoning businesses or even just mid to small level businesses, how do they pull this off?
1: So you're going to start by using something like if you're trying to do it yourself, you'd start by doing something like Google analytics. Mm. Right. So something like it. I'm not saying it has to be Google Analytics, but right, right. something that shows you what you know. Who's coming to the pages? What are they doing when they go there? You know, where are they spending the most time? Are they, are they, are they bouncing before it even? Um, are they leaving the page before it even loads? Basically. So then you know you have a speed issue, right? Or um, right. are they are they leaving after they get to the about us page? Is there something off putting about your about us page, right? <laughs> so. <laughs> Actually looking at your analytics and understanding how people are actually engaging with your your content and with your website and actually looking at the demographics of those people, right? So that you can understand different ways in which you could really target your messaging for that. So, for instance, if you do your Google Analytics and you notice, oh, well, 95% of the people who are visiting my website are females, so then maybe, and they're and they're in a certain age. They're millennials or something, right? So mm-hmm. if I know they're millennials and they're female, then I'm, you know, I'm, I might be like, "Hey, girl, right? right. <laughs> hey, girl, hey," because um, that's gonna resonate a little bit better than just "Hello, would you like to buy?" Right? So
0: greetings, customer.
1: <laughs> yeah. So. And that's what I mean by brand development. You want to make sure that whatever you say is speaking to the demographic that you're actually, that's actually looking at the content. So understanding that segment, at least that segment, and then how they're, in, how they're um, going through the website, how they're, you know, are they going to um, the prices page and spending three minutes there and then bouncing, right? Like, so that helps you to understand, oh, that's a touch point. Mm -hmm. They spent three minutes here. They're interested. But then once they leave the page, I have no way of reaching them. So maybe I should put up an exit attempt pop-up, right. And give them some sort of opt-in offer. Right. And that's, that's what I mean by understanding how somebody is actually, you know, going through the website, how, who, who are they? And, and those things, once you study those things, you'll better understand how to speak to the people and who you're speaking to.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. You know, you're not going to start at dynamic content optimization, but if you can get the, even the small steps of personalization going, there's going to be drives and efficiency drives and effectiveness. You're going to get a little more of a budget. Uh, you know, if everything turns out this way to do a little bit more and just kind of keep building, keep building exactly what you said in terms of, you know, a product portfolio and business model. Right. Um, so I think that's great advice. Um, do you have, and I, I know that, uh, you know, we want to be respectful of all your clients, uh, but do you have any stories of, you know, how you like a specific brand or specific problem that you kind of helped solve or improve the situation through personalization?
1: Oh, yeah. I, I, I can keep it fairly general. I'm sure they will know who they are once I say this. <laughs> <They> <laughs> will none know of us that will. They will know I'm talking about exactly. them. Nobody else will. So it's Perfect. fine. Okay. So I have a specific client that owns an e-commerce store. This particular person sells a lot of the most popular brands of the item that they sell. Okay. So the biggest issue is you're not... Unless you have something that sets you apart from every other store that sells this exact same thing, it's going to be really hard to convert, right? So we had to establish her brand. We had to really um, give her a, a, a an experience, right? When when somebody comes to your to your to your store, it should be an entire experience. So we actually built an entire interactive and personalized site. What does that mean? That means everything every picture on the page, you can hit add to cart right from the picture, right? So even if it's a model uh, with the item on, right? They can actually touch the item and hit add to cart right from the item and they can add it to cart. So it's an entire experience to shop from her website. And it is so much fun, right? And everything, if you've ever given us your name, then your name is all over the site, right? your name is like, it's gonna be like, wouldn't this look great on your shelf? Like, this, like, wouldn't this look great on your, like, right? So it's like all these suggestive things and it has your actual name on it. So it's so much more fun, right? It's much more fun to shop there. So once we did this and we completed the welcome messages and the pop-ups and all the affiliate programs and all this other stuff and everything was an experience with her store, we completely watched the store flourish. It was amazing. Like even I like to go to the I like to go to the website and just look at it like Marvel. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Such a cool store. Um and really we we look to do something to really set her apart because the brands are, you know, they're popular brands. You can you can Google them and find them anywhere. So now she's able to charge a little more, right? Because you're you're paying for just like you do with Target you're paying for the experience exactly and we're often we're often ready and willing to pay for a better experience right so we we went and we did some some entire branding overhaul and made sure that even when it arrives at your door the packaging is an entire experience right so we made sure that it was going to be a fun thing we're going to bring them back each time because it's fun Right. So that, that was one of the ways in which we use personalization and, and and segmentation and honestly interactivity to completely overhaul her entire customer experience.
0: That is so cool. So, so cool. And it's funny. I'm going to, I'm going to like partially spoil a a podcast episode that I didn't even record yet, (laughs) but I was, I was, we're, we're completely, we're no holds barred this for this episode of the marketing futures podcast. Um, but I was talking with somebody, another business owner like yourself, uh, who was saying that, you know, brand intangibles have real value, but when people think brand intangibles, they think, Oh, the reputation. Oh, how does the logo make you feel? And he said, well, one thing that people really aren't taking into account of a brand is their digital business model, their digital experience, their platform, you know, and that you just put in perfect, you know, the brand became the experience, the enjoyable experience that this platform delivered. And whether the platform has the logo on every page or not, it is part of the brand. It is adding value to the brand.
1: Correct. Yeah. We called it, we called it the interactive store all over, all over the thing. Like it's, it's all about, we even, you can even shop from a video, right? We have videos on there and you can shop from like people are at brunch wearing the stuff and you can actually shop the look is what we call it, shop the look. And it's just an idea I had I, when I was looking at her site and I'm just like, it's just not that easy to navigate. You have all these beautiful pictures. I mean, beautiful pictures, models taking these things. And um, the only thing that is like, you don't even name this, sh- like how am I supposed to be able to find this item, right? right like you're, right. you're making you're making it impossible. So I really want this item. Now I have to look for it. Now I'm going to get frustrated. I'm leaving. So um, that's how we fixed it. Now we still have the beautiful pictures and we have all this and we have all that, but we made it fun. Right. So it's still visually appealing just like it was before, but we overhauled it and made it an entire experience to go to the store and go through everything. So yes, that's how you brand is, is you really, the brand is, is how you make people feel, but the feel is the entire experience. Right. Yes,
0: exactly. So I have to imagine at least a handful of people are listening to this podcast and they're like, that's it. I'm, I'm going to start my own business. Like I've been waiting too long. I want a seat at the table. I want to build a table. Um, what piece of advice would you give to somebody who is just at the very, very beginning of their journey?
1: Don't be afraid to fail. Okay. Uh, mm. I would say make quick informed decisions and and just recover quickly from the wrong ones, right? So I think a lot of us, um, we wanna do all this research and the whole reason that you have um, waited to even start the business to begin with is because, you know, there's all these decisions to be had. Just make a decision, move on. If it's the wrong one, you'll get back around over it and you'll you'll fix it later, (laughs) fix it later. So just doing something, making that decision, learning from the wrong ones and continuing to move forward, always moving forward, is really, really essential to to having a good, a a good business. Most of the most successful CEOs ever, they make quick decisions. They're able, even if they're the wrong ones, they don't always make the wrong, right. right, the, The right decision, but because they even, they always make quick decisions. It's like, they recover from even the wrong ones so quickly you didn't even know, right? Like you had no, you had no idea that you even made a mistake. Uh, yeah. So just as long as you're always learning, you're always improving, then you don't ever actually lose anything. Something always happens. You always gain something, whether it's a lesson or you know a client or, or something from every single decision that you make.
0: That's fantastic, that's fantastic. That actually uh, harkens back about four or five lifetimes ago, I was an actor and one of the most valuable things I learned was just make a choice. Like, are you angry? or Are you happy with this? But like, just make a choice because even if it's the wrong one, it'll be interesting to watch, you know?
1: Yeah, (laughs) improv, yeah.
0: (laughs) Because even if it's the wrong one, you're moving.
1: You're moving. And stasis is what you need to
0: avoid. Like stagnancy is what you need to avoid, you know? Correct. Ah, amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, So I know we touched on this a lot, but this is a question we ask all our guests and I'd be absolutely remiss if I didn't ask you this. Um, so what are your thoughts on diversity and inclusion?
1: Oh, I think the more diverse the backgrounds you include, the more successful you'll be. Uh, because I, I believe that there's always a lot of insights and perspective that's gained when you're actually asking and listening to different types of people, different educational backgrounds, different everything. Everybody you can get at the table the better because then you can start to really learn trends and understand things much clearer if you include more diversity. I think people just, they, they miss that part of it is the different insights and, and things like that can really set you up for success when you understand more of the picture.
0: I could not agree more. That's a beautifully said. So okay, Sel, so I've been very nice. I've been cordial up to this point, <laughs> but no more, Mister Nice Guy. <laughs> we've got to get we've oh, got to no. get to brass tacks. We've got to get to the tough question. Okay, Sel, so, so are you ready?
1: Yes, I'm ready.
0: What is your favorite album of all time, and why?
1: <laughs> okay, so don't make fun of me. Uh, but I've Never. always <laughs> that's a
0: policy on the podcast.
1: <laughs> so I've always been a huge r and girl like huge. So my favorite album is actually Music Soul Child's second album, which is just listen. okay it has a few tracks on it that I could listen to all the time. Yeah, Music Soul Child is amazing. Why are you pre-apologizing <laughs> for Music Soul Child? That's incredible. Oh my gosh. I actually I remember not too long ago I had paid to go for um to go see them in concert and they canceled it and I was just uh... so broken. <laughs> but anyway, my my all time favorite music soul child track is Don't Change because that song is just super special to mm. my husband and I. And I just I I've always loved, loved that song.
0: That's phenomenal. Yeah. No, go listen back to some of the older episodes. You have no, (laughs) that's like a really cool. Um, and for anybody who hasn't, uh, checked out music, soul child, uh, really just beautiful Neo soul and like songwriting and the sounds are so clean and crisp as a music maker. I really have always, uh, appreciated their, uh, output. So there's,
1: there's, I mean, that's, oh my gosh, there's something about Music Soul Child. There's, I could name a million of their, I mean, I could just name so many tracks that I could listen to. And I remember my husband was actually the the, the first person to introduce me to Music Soul Child and made, and burned me there. <laughs> burned oh my, my God. First.
0: I love that. That's yeah. Amazing. He
1: burned me my first Music Soul Child CD and it was in my CD player in my car for like two years. Okay. <laughs> Everybody everybody who got in my car was like, oh my gosh, have you not changed this yet? I'm like, nope. I love that.
0: <laughs> Don't sleep on the burnt CD game. That's uh, that is, that's... <laughs> the straight game right I'm
1: there. telling you, if somebody burns you a CD now, that's love. Wow. That's that's, love.
0: Yeah, that's love. You had to go... <laughs> Go on Amazon and get one of those external CD makers. That's you a- have
1: to buy all the equipment. I mean, that is love. Okay, yeah. don't don't let them make you a playlist. If they burn you a CD, that's it. That's law.
0: Yes. <laughs> um, if they make you a cassette, I'd be a little bit uh, concerned. I don't know. That sounds like that. I don't even know how you'd pull that off. Right.
1: No, you're. That's just weird.
0: <laughs> the CD, the CD's the sweet spot.
1: The CD, I know, because my, for our anniversary, I think my husband had, um he had made me uh, like some sort of little video, right, of our, mm-hmm. our history. I'm like, this is so, it's kind of old school, right? But it's like, that's why I love yeah, it because yeah, it's God. so cheesy. And obviously it was a music soul child track on it, but the
0: Yeah, <laughs> I don't think any of our listeners were curious as what the soundtrack was, but
1: yes. <laughs> In case they were. Yes.
0: Clarity. We're all about transparency here at the Marketing Futures Podcast.
1: <laughs> Hilarious.
0: Um. So, n- jumping from the burnt CDs to our streaming platforms, what are you listening to now? Like artists song, podcast, book. What? What's What's rattling around in your head these days?
1: So I am forever listening to um, a lot of audiobooks about marketing. So I probably have at least ten on queue right now. But these days, like. As far as personally, um, I really heavily listen to R&B because it really, really, really relaxes me, and it just helps me to just unwind and unplug, and those songs really just take me back to what was going on in my life when they came out, right, and when I first heard them. Uh, So I get all these old feelings, and I get to reflect on all these old lessons, and I just feel like music is just really amazing in that way, right? So oh my goodness, uh, yes. for for the educational brainy part, I listen to a lot of audiobooks, and then for my own personal like enjoyment, I always listen to that old school R and B. Not just music soul child, but mainly yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there are like ten to twelve other songs I listen to. Don't worry about
1: right. That. You know, there's a little Usher thrown in. I don't know. Oh,
0: yes, Ursh, let's go. So before, uh, before I let you get back to your very busy schedule, how can folks get in touch with you with Masterly Business Solutions? What's, what's next for Sel Evans?
1: Well, you can always reach me at sel, S-E-L-L-E at masterlybusiness.com, or you can visit us at Um, You'll learn a lot more about us there. We're actually in the middle of redoing our website for like the third time because, you know, times change. So
0: <laughs> it, it's, it's like that, you know,
1: <laughs> times change and we do websites. So we always have to like redo our own all the time. So uh, in the middle of redoing our own, uh, but you know, it's always up. So you can reach us there. And uh, we actually just put up a resource library as well. It has a bunch of workbooks that can be found on the, on the website it has a bunch of workbooks, eBooks, anything you can think of. They're all for free on the website. So feel free to have at it. And we put those out there to help whoever needs a little bit of help in their marketing journey.
0: I just absolutely love it. So this has been such a fun way to cap off my week. Thank you so much for uh kicking it with me for a while and just dropping absolute gems left and right. Um thank you, thank you, thank you for for being a guest on the show.
1: No, thank you. Honestly, like I said, I just love talking about all this stuff. So I, I appreciate you allowing me to come here and just talk about everything I love for um you know 30 minutes or however long <laughs> it feels like it's only been 30 minutes we've but, been going for three um,
0: hours so no I'm
1: kidding <laughs> <laughs> right. Time
0: flies when you flies <laughs> but when for me impossible.
1: yeah no it does and honestly I I, I do I, I love this and, and thank you for inviting me it was it was um it was a pleasure
0: ladies and gentlemen that's the marketing futures podcast we hope you enjoyed this episode of the marketing futures podcast have an idea for a topic or guest for a future episode? Shoot us a note at marketingfutures@ana.net. At Be sure to subscribe to the Futures Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. And as always, if you're looking to get smart on the future, point your browsers to ana.net slash futures.